Good afternoon. You know why I stopped you? No. Well, I saw you kind of weaving in and out of traffic there, and that is a violation of California Vehicle Code 23103, which is considered reckless driving. That's actually a misdemeanor in California, and your bicycle can be impounded. Really? Yeah. I'm just going to issue you a citation and uh -huh. give you a break on the tow. So if you could please ride responsibly and obey the regular traffic laws like you would in a motor vehicle, that would be great. Oh, man. No, I didn't really get pulled over, but that's why it's important to know the e-bike laws. You can't just make up your own rules on a bicycle. You need to follow the rules of the road just like anyone else. Blowing through stop signs, riding erratically, and taking an unlocked e-bike at higher speeds on the streets just isn't going to work out well. To keep yourself and others safe, there's more to riding an e-bike than you might think. Welcome back to another incredible episode of the Area 13 e-bikes podcast. If you're new to the show, this is the best place to learn all about electric bikes, products related to them, and most importantly, the people behind the scenes. I'm Jessica, part of the team with Area 13 e-bikes. And on today's episode, you'll learn more about e-bike safety from retired deputy sheriff and bicycle patrol officer, Sean Dinkins. Sean was a dirt bike school coach, motorcycle safety institute, an ATV safety instructor with the ATV Safety Institute, as well as a defensive driving instructor for programs like Alive at 25 and the Mature Driver Course. He has worked with local school districts to teach bicycle safety to elementary school students through bicycle rodeos. His YouTube channel is dedicated to promoting the safe use of alternative, clean transportation, and to help you be safe, stay healthy, and protect the environment. And he watched a recent video on our YouTube channel and had some things to say about it. This is the Area 13 eBikes podcast. All right, on today's episode, we have Sean Dinkins. And based on Kyle's recent video about law enforcement and eBikes, this is absolutely a conversation that you need to tune into. Thank you so much for joining us, Sean. You're very welcome. Glad to be here. Well, tell people a little bit about who you are and what you do. Well, I'm in Elk Grove, California. I'm retired from the Sacramento County Sheriff's Department. Um, while I was with the department, I was a uh, patrol officer and later became a traffic officer and motor officer. Uh, I have an extensive background in traffic. Uh, the training I had uh, also with the Sheriff's Department was uh, we had started a dual purpose uh, motorcycle program. Uh, we have a lot of off-road areas around here, and we decided that dual purpose and ATVs were something that the department needed to help uh, either with search and rescue or actually patrolling some of the areas that we couldn't necessarily get into with our road bikes. I also did uh, motor patrol, and uh, before the Sheriff's Department, I was a firefighter, and I've always been a part of safety training. And this goes all the way back to the late 80s. When I first started teaching CPR first aid, I was a firefighter from 87 to 93. My whole life has kind of been geared towards safety. That's how I kind of ended up doing this. I, I'm without anything to do being retired and just got an e-bike. So this kind of fell into my lap. Wow. So you've been in law enforcement in a lot of different arenas. You mentioned in the fire department, you mentioned in the police side of things. And your main focus was safety. 
you've been doing this for how many years? Since 87, 86, 87. Well, I'm glad we're speaking with you because on the video that Kyle recently did, you actually watched that video and you wrote into us because you had some insight. And I want to hear what you think about that video. I was actually giggling when I started watching it because it just happened that I'd filmed and just released like my first couple videos on my YouTube channel, uh, e-bike safety tips and reviews is the channel. Kyle was hitting on some of the stuff that I have been getting questions, but there's so many nuances to the video. And in his case, he was watching some of the enforcement that had been uh, going on. Mm -hmm. And what I saw was basically this happened kind of in the beginning when uh, late 90s, early 2000s, we had a real rise in motorized scooters that were running around. And these scooters were uh, running on two-stroke engines. There was usually a teenager riding it. And they were super loud, super annoying, and they were causing a lot of problems. And we ended up getting a bunch of calls Mm. um, regarding that. With all of the influx of calls and accidents, California took action, passed legislation to ban them from the streets, make them off-road only. And then we were instructed to enforce those laws. So when we started seeing the scooters on the streets, We were either impounding them. This wasn't something in my case. Uh, Normally, I would stop the the rider, tell them they can't ride on the street, and explain to them they would have to walk the scooter home, or I'd just give them a ride home, depending on their age, something like that. I didn't want to like pound people with tickets. It was more a safety issue. So with that in mind, and here's what I'm seeing and what I saw in the video, uh, law enforcement is just now catching on to the e-bike scene. When... I had decided to buy the e-bike that I have, and I went with Rad Power, a Rad Rover 6 Plus. When I first started researching it, it was because I also have an RV, and I watch a lot of RV YouTube channels. And I noticed the influx of e-bikes being given to the RV community for review. Hmm. So I was like, you know, these folks are on my age, you know, in the 50s, 60s, maybe older. And a lot of these folks probably haven't ridden a bike, let alone a motorcycle or anything else for 20 years. And now they're jumping on a 80, 90 pound e-bike and thinking it's going to handle like a bicycle. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a real dangerous combination. For so sure. that's what got me concerned. That's what got me to start really looking into Uh, what is going on with the e-bike thing. Mm -hmm. And then on Kyle's video, I noticed that the interactions with the officers were kind of uninformed. Uh, The officers know, I mean, they were probably told that, hey, e-bikes aren't legal here. Maybe they knew a little bit about, there was one officer that had some knowledge. I think it was a, one of the state parks. It was a female state park officer. She sounded like she knew a little bit of what she was talking about but they still were missing what the actual laws were in regards to e-bikes and being on the road and off-road. Before we get into the next segment of our episode, I wanted to bring up our sponsor, Oyster Insurance. It's so important to make sure that you're protected. And Oyster Insurance is a really amazing product that even if you don't get an e-bike from us, you can still get coverage. So what does Oyster Insurance actually cover? 
Oyster offers a specialized insurance policy that provides comprehensive coverage against unforeseen scenarios specific to e-bikes. As an e-bike owner, you'll be protected from theft both from and away from home, damage caused in a crash, loss by third parties in transit, medical payments, and liability. Insurance that is not tailored to e-bikes only covers a fraction of these risks and is usually accompanied by many limitations. We work with Area 13 to make it simple for riders to get the exact coverage they need. Listeners can find out more about Oyster and get a quote either at checkout on Area 13's website or on our website, www.withoyster.com. Thank you so much to Oyster Insurance for sponsoring today's episode. We look forward to sharing this really valuable information with our listeners. And if you haven't gotten insurance yet, be sure to check out those links in the show notes. And that goes into those three E's that we talked about. Can you tell us what those three E's are? Exactly. So in traffic, and we learned this uh, in traffic school, at least here in California, the three E's of traffic is education, engineering, and enforcement. So we like to get out as a motor officer, I would be more interested in getting out and maybe picking a, a harsh spot where we're having some issues. I would do some vehicle stops and instead of giving out a ticket, I would just advise the motorist uh, of the issues we're having in the area and take it on an education side. Also, I taught traffic schools. I taught uh, the teen driving school uh, alive at 25. I taught a, a general education driving, defensive driving school, as well as mature driving school. So those are all things I did outside of the department. Um, I also taught dirt bike safety and ATV safety. Wow. Um, so those were all instructor qualifications that I had, plus an instructor for the department. Um, so education to me is like the primary thing. Get the uh, information out there, inform people what the actual legislation is, what the laws are. And that way they're making an informed choice when they start going out on their e-bikes. They should have some general knowledge of what's allowed and what isn't. For sure. So it sounds like if someone were to get you as a law enforcement officer, they would get really lucky because they would get educated first. Exactly. Uh, What about all those police officers that don't follow that necessarily? And they just get really upset because they see that they're trying to do their job and they're going to hand out tickets. I can't speak for all officers, and I don't know uh, the directions that they're getting from their supervisors. Uh, That has a big part to deal with it. And I think when you're dealing with state parks and you're dealing with uh, federal parks, they're going to be a little more harsh on protecting the environment. Oh. If they're getting nuisance calls from, say, hikers or equestrians, people that are out on their horses, those horses get spooked uh, pretty easy. And e-bikes can sneak up on a horse. They're not noisy like a dirt bike. So if you get somebody up there that's riding a powerful e-bike, something like a Sauron or something with more than 750 uh, watts, they can do damage to the trails. Uh, They can sneak up on people really fast. And if they collide with somebody, you can cause some serious injuries. Oh, for sure. And I think that the first thing that these the officers are keeping in mind is safety and they Mm -hmm. want people to be okay when they're out on those trails. Yeah. And I think it's also up to the rider. I mean, you can be educated all you want, but we saw from the video too, that, I mean, a lot of us thought some of those riders were playing kind of dumb and they said, Oh, I didn't know it was this, or I didn't know it was that. They they weren't weren't fooling anybody. Yeah. They very well knew. Those officers knew exactly (laughs) what Uh, the, the guys that were on the Surons, I think it was 
three bikes, I think, if I remember in total, there was two that just had pegs on them and one that actually had pedals. And I think she misunderstood the uh, Watts when she referred, told him that he was okay because he had pedals when technically he wasn't okay because he was, that was at least a 5,000 watt scooter. Oh, you mean um, even, a 5,000 watt uh, bike? Like yeah, a Ceron. Yeah, exactly. Even though he has pedals, he still exceeds the 750 watt max for federal land. And uh, that's actually in federal, the federal law. So, and we can break down if you want, I can break down the classes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. You know, just in your general lower classes, class one and two, you're doing up to 20 miles an hour and you're on an 80 pound or more e-bike and going down and crashing at that speed, you're approaching motorcycle speeds, you know. And, and how fast do motorcycles go minimum? Well, f- when you're driving around town, you're, you're going to be doing the flow of traffic. So you're running 20, 25 miles an hour around town, but then, you know, they're like a car. So once you get out on, and now we're talking about motorized, regular gas powered motorcycles, right? You can do the speed of traffic up to 140, 150 miles an hour, you know, on a, on a motorcycle. Now e-bikes aren't built for that kind of speed, unless it's a specialty electric motorcycle. Well, unless it's an e-bike that has a higher powered motor that right. is tuned to a certain level or, you know, upwards of the 1000, I would say. And that's where it can get confusing too, because people might say, oh, well, it's over a thousand watts. So that makes it a motorcycle. But that agent on the trail was saying, oh, you have pedals, so it's fine. So tell me more about the classes. What I've got is the California's electric bike bicycle law. And for uh, pedal operated, uh, the bicycle class one is 20 miles an hour with pedal assist, and you can have a throttle also on class two, and, and your maximum wattage is 750 watts. Mm-hmm. Now, I have not been able to find if 750 watts includes peak wattage, or if that is just 750 watt period, you can't go over 750 watts. So the majority of the bike companies, the e-bike companies are shipping the bikes with 750 or less uh, wattage motors. I know other guys aftermarket can tune those to make them put out a little more peak power. For that, I have not been able to find anything that says anything about peak power. I just Mm -hmm. know 750 watt is your max. So class one and two is pedal assist with a throttle. Class three is pedal assist only and up to 28 miles an hour. So you increase it from 20 miles an hour to 28 miles an hour. And if you go over 28, there's no more assist on the pedals and you can't have a throttle. So the e-bike that I ride is the Rad Power Rad Rover 6 Plus. It's got a 750 watt hub motor uh, with a cadence pedal sensor, and it was delivered as a class two e-bike. So I've got a half throttle on there. I can use the throttle if I want, and I can pedal and with the pedal assist. If I were to, and I know you can do it, if I were to change the settings in the computer, I could bump that e-bike up to a class three. Class three with the 28 miles an hour, and here's some things that start to kick in when you start going over the class two. So class twos, one and twos are generally allowed anywhere a bicycle goes. And now I'm just speaking about the state. I'm not necessarily referring to federal lands, state parks, things like that. They're going to have 
their own set of rules when you get there. But for California, for the state, class one and two e-bikes are allowed anywhere a regular bicycle is allowed. So all bicycle paths, bicycle lanes, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. When you go over class two and you go into the class three, if your bicycle is a class three, you can no longer use bike paths. You have to stick to the road only and use the designated bike lanes or the right shoulder of the lane. In all cases, e-bikes, just like regular bicycles, have to follow the vehicle code just as if they were a vehicle. For um, class one and two e-bike, 15 and under are allowed to ride class one and two e-bikes. Class three e-bikes, it's illegal for anybody under the age of 16 to ride a class three e-bike. Interesting. Um, and that's something uh, I've been noticing around where I ride. Uh, there's kids riding the e-bikes. Mm -hmm. And if they are on, say, a Suron or, you know, a powerful, a more powerful e-bike, more than 750 watts, or they're running it in class three, they stand a chance of getting that bike impounded and they could get a ticket. It would depend on the officer that was dealing with it. It is a possibility. And I would hate to see somebody have to pay that kind of cost because impound is not cheap. Yeah, for sure. And so, you don't want to get a ticket. No, you, you, you don't. You're not even 16 yet. So. Right. But um, according to what I know, if you are, I think, at least in Arizona, if you're 15 and certain number of months old, you can get a driver's permit, like for a car. Right. Um, if you're 16 and you actually have your driver's license, then again, that would be a driver's license. Right. If you don't have any of those things like a permit or a driver's license, you can apply for an ID. So these kids, let's say they're 15 and they don't have an ID and they don't have, you know, a license or a permit to identify their age. How would an officer know if a 14-year-old told them they were 15? I'm not saying to break the rules, yeah. <laughs> but how do you prove that? It's, what, what are you going to do, man? There's going to be, <laughs> I, I mean, seriously, usually if I'm dealing with a minor and we're dealing with some kind of an offense, I would get, try to get in contact with a parent and the parent's probably going to tell me what's up. <laughs> uh, and, you know, when you start bringing up things like, well, you know, this thing can be impounded. It's going to cost, you know, 110 bucks for the tow and then 25, 30 bucks a day for the impound for 30 days. Whoa. They start talking really quick <laughs> and they're going to go, Hey, look, this will never happen again. We'll, we'll make sure that he doesn't go on the road and all that kind of stuff. That's usually what I would get from a parent. It, it's last resort for me to do. They would have to be doing something really stupid for me to, to do an impound and write a ticket and that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. And in one of the videos, there was a law enforcement officer that wrote a ticket and he tried to write it as a criminal violation instead right. of a traffic violation. And the guy riding his e-bike was on a dirt trail. It looked like it was a really open space. He ended up winning the case and the judge right. threw it out. I guess the judge was very annoyed. And I'm wondering, where does law enforcement draw that line between saying it's a criminal offense over a traffic violation? Is that a matter of opinion? It is. So what I felt, and I'm going to give the officer a little credit and a little leniency here. I appreciate I don't, that. I don't think he quite understood the vehicle code section of it. And I think he was just kind of pissed yeah. <laughs> that this guy's on his trail, tearing it up and he wanted to get him for something. Yeah. Uh, so he wrote what he would probably write some guy that was on a dirt bike 
ripping through his trail. He probably wrote the same kind of ticket he would for them. Oh, okay. And a judge is going to look at that and go, okay, what, what is the lesser of the two evils? This guy was out on an electric bike, um, riding on a trail, and he essentially just got written up for vandalism. I mean, that's kind mm-hmm. of what he got written up for. Mm-hmm. It, it's the judge's decision whether or not to go ahead with prosecution on that. And I think he did the right thing because I don't think that was the right charge. Now, looking at this and giving the benefit of the doubt maybe to the officer, maybe the officer wrote the ticket knowing that it would get thrown out, but he wanted to send a clear message not to come back and, and ride on those trails. Interesting. That's, that's another another option too. I would have never thought that anyone would waste their time and other people's time to make a point. Yeah, it sounded, when I watched that video, it sounded like the officer was pretty fed up. So oh. uh, I'm, I'm going to guess he was just kind of throwing something at the wall and seeing what stuck. <laughs> well, he also said, you're riding an electric motorcycle and it's illegal everywhere. And yeah. then he said that it was only street legal late, later, which was kind of comical. Yeah, yeah. He uh, contradicted himself a couple of times in there. Well, he's human. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So those high-powered dirt bikes and stuff, they're going to be for off-road use only. So it's just like if you went out and bought a uh, combustion engine dirt bike Mm -hmm. and you went to say a state park uh, that's for off-road usage, right? you could ride it there and that's not a problem. Um, But when you start getting into trails and state parks and areas where there's going to be other people and maybe some mountain bikers. Now I'm going to tell you right now as a former mountain biker, (laughs) If a Suron shows up on the trail that we have meticulously taken care of and starts ripping up the trail, we're going to kind of be upset. Yeah. And this is exactly what we don't want to happen in the e-bike community is for people to go out, go on a trail that we would normally have access to and act the fool. And all of a sudden e-bikes are no longer allowed in that area. Now for me, I've got, I was in a really bad motorcycle crash on duty back in 2005. That's what forced me to retire in 2008. I have injuries where I can't just jump on a regular mountain bike and ride. There's just too much pain involved. So having an e-bike gives me access to the trails I used to ride, but I wouldn't otherwise be able to. And a lot of the people that are my age and older that are doing this have the same problem. They're not going to have access like they normally would uh, without an e-bike. And we start taking that away by doing uh, goofy stuff. It hurts a lot more people than just kids on dirt bikes. Oh, completely. I think also with the bikes that were in the video, and like you mentioned the phrase dirt bikes, some of these e-bikes are built to look cool, right? They're built right. to look like a motorcycle or a dirt bike when they're not. You know, you don't put fuel in them. Some of them, unfortunately, are higher powered, but there are even bikes that are not that higher powered that look like motorcycles because yes. it's built in that style. So maybe there needs to be more education on a regular basis for law enforcement as to what is a motorcycle and what is an e-bike as they develop new ones. Yeah. Right now, uh, where we sit is e-bikes are considered bicycles uh, until they're not. And they're, <laughs> that's where we've got a problem. That's why this federal adoption of the class rules. Um, I think it's been adopted by 20 plus states now uh, in the United States. Um, That's a good start. Uh, And I'm starting to see more e-bikes becoming more popular with the younger kids. And these bikes look more like scooters. Mm. Uh, They look more like a moped style bike. 
where it would be really uncomfortable if you had to pedal it for any length of time, but it has pedals because it has to meet the e-bike regulations. Uh, but the kids are juicing them up too and getting out there and doing 35, 40 or more miles an hour on the street. For sure. And when a minor uh, below the age is riding something like that, yeah, I mean, they're maneuvering a bike that's very, very heavy. When you said that these kids are souping it up, though, it kind of made me laugh because I know plenty <laughs> of older people. Oh, that, same. I mean, some people even in their 80s that I've talked with yes. that yeah. are souping up their bikes because, you know, why not? They have the time, they have the money and seems like a cool right. hobby to get into. Yeah, I follow them on YouTube. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I watch it. How funny. You know, again, this happens in every form of transportation though, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, when I was growing up or even now, you know, I like to build my cars up a little bit more than factory, mm-hmm. uh, give them a more power, a little cleaner burning, that kind of stuff. So everybody's done that with cars, motorcycles, and now e-bikes are just that next form where they can upgrade. Uh, and I know uh, Area 13 had a hop-up kit for the uh, Rad Rover, the Rad Rover 5. And Do you have it, some upgrade kits? Yeah. So <laughs> people just need to know that once you upgrade and once you do something, and this this is important because it's a decision I had to make when I make when I got my my e-bike. So I wanted a little more power, but I'm making safety videos mm-hmm. and I'm basically recording myself riding the e-bike and I'm doing demonstrations and things like that. Now, what a hypocrite I would be if I pushed those couple of buttons and changed my bike into a class that wouldn't be allowed on the trails that I'm riding on. I was like that in law enforcement when I was doing traffic enforcement, and I'm like that now. So I don't want somebody in my comments going, hey, you're you know doing 25 and you're on a bike trail and uh, you're telling us how to be safe and that kind of stuff. I don't need that. So <laughs> I, no. I like to stick, I'll stick to the, to what I have, but would it be fun to have a juiced up uh, e-bike and get out on some dirt trails? That would be a blast. So you have to know where you can ride legally. And if you have a souped up bike, maybe the street isn't going to be a legal place for you to go. The off-highway vehicle parks, the OHV parks and stuff might be a better option. Mm-hmm. And if uh, you did soup up your bike or start adjusting a whole bunch of things, wouldn't that be ironic if you got a ticket? <laughs> For me? Yeah. That would suck. That yes. Would, yeah. <laughs> that, would, that would be bad. Truer words never spoken. That's, <laughs> that's a good way to say it. The biggest sentiment that I'm seeing on the YouTube comments for that video is that there are a lot of responsible riders. And those could be people of all different ages. Mostly our demographic is a lot older. I would say early to mid-40s and on. There are people that are trying to ride on the trails. They're trying to ride on the streets, all of these places, and just be able to get outside, enjoy their e-bike, and be able to get some exercise where they wouldn't be able to do it with a regular bike. Exactly. They're worried that the people that are being irresponsible, that are hot dogging it all over the trails and acting stupid, like they don't know what's going on. Those people are ruining it for the rest of us. That's exactly right. And like I said, when I went back to the motorized scooter thing, uh, there were a lot of responsible guys that were riding those scooters uh, for back and forth to work, deliveries, things like that. But it was the small guys that weren't, and I say guys like guys, gals, whatever, but they weren't having any mind for the other riders. And this is why 
I wanted to get out and start educating people on this stuff. And it's for the majority. Uh, the majority of folks are, like I said, these are, I got into it because of the RV crowd. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the first electric bikes that I saw was the electric out of Arizona. They started shipping off their folding e-bikes to a bunch of RV uh, YouTubers and having them do reviews on the bikes. And I said, hey, I got an RV. That might be a good idea. Instead of towing the car, maybe we could just have a couple of e-bikes. And if I need to run down to the store or something, I can jump on an e-bike and do that. Yeah, we should have gotten you a couple of Avengers or Crusaders. I, so, I didn't find you guys until after I've been doing all my research. Well, I'm glad which, you found us. Which sucks because I'm a pilot. And once I saw Kyle naming all of his bikes after military aircraft, I, I was kind of bummed. Well, but, we're still available. You can never have too many e-bikes. Oh, my wife's already asking me when I'm getting the next one. <laughs> well, good so, for you. That's awesome. Yeah. The majority of folks that I saw riding the e-bikes were the travelers mm -hmm. and they were in that demographic. I'm 55, but I've got a lot of injuries. There would not be another way for me to get out and exercise uh, with my injuries. Um, walking, I can do, but it's kind of painful. But getting on that e-bike and being able to pedal and get the joints moving really has helped a lot. It's helped a lot. And I know other e-bike riders with the same injuries, hip replacements, knee replacements, where they've gone out on an e-bike and it's really helped them tremendously strengthen back up and get the mobility back. Um, and I don't want to see people lose that and not be able to go places they want to ride um, because somebody else was doing something silly. I totally that's agree. Kind of a big thing. Yeah, it is a really big thing. And that's also part of our YouTube channel as well. We want to educate people first and foremost, so that they're aware of what they're riding. They're aware of how to work on their bike. They know what classes are. Really, that's how it started. We wanted to make sure that people knew what they were doing and they all deserve to be educated before they even make their purchase. Yeah, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah, that's something actually that I do when I talk to people about what's the best e-bike for them. It's one of my superpowers. And so I flat out tell them, look, I'm not going to try to sell you a bike that isn't the best bike for you. I want you to be happy, even if it's with somebody else or with another brand maybe that we sell, but I don't want to get you a bike and then maybe you don't fit it because you're too short or maybe it's got too much power or it doesn't have enough. Really, that education is the foundation of all of this. Exactly. And on that point, uh, when I ordered my Rad Rover, I ordered the step over model first. And once it got here, I quickly realized that I had broken my pelvis back in 2020. I think it was a couple of years ago. When I went to get on that bike, I had to swing my leg over mm. and it hurt. <laughs> it was not a comfortable thing to do. I quickly, you know, I got a hold of Rad. They worked with me really well. And I've got the step through model now. And it is so much better to be able to get on that and not have to hike my leg over it. But that you know, that goes with exactly what you're saying. You want to be comfortable on it because you want to use it. You don't want to get it and then be unhappy and then have it just sit. Exactly. That's no fun for anybody. When I was first starting in high school, just out of junior high, I ran cross country and I ran track. And in the off season, we would train on our bikes. So I was a hardcore cyclist. Now, today we notice the difference between a cyclist and like a commuter. And then you have the e-bikers. And I have been out on the trails a few times or out on the road, scooting on down with my e-bike and people calling me cheater and, you know, just 
being uh, mad at you because you got an e-bike and they don't understand that. I've got injuries, man, and you can't see my injuries, but I'm in pain. Mm -hmm. And this e-bike is getting me outside. And what you're doing, you're lucky because I can't do what you're doing anymore, but at least I can get outside, get the sun, get a little bit of exercise and keep my joints moving. They don't understand that. So yeah, you have to deal with that. And I know other e-bikers get the same thing. They'll get called cheater or, you know, you're not allowed here. That's a motorized bicycle. You can't be on this path or trail. Oh, for sure. Uh, but those are those are riders that also don't know what the laws are. Yeah. I've had that too, where people would be hollering at us. My friend that I ride with, he does have a placard. I don't. <laughs> so not saying I'm honorary using his placard, but we have often gone bike riding. And when people have seen those, they throw out all kinds of obscenities and names. Oh, and they, I would say back to them, I'm not illegal. And you know, everybody would laugh that we were with. We have a small little e-bike group yeah. and they would keep fighting, scream fighting at me while we're riding away. <laughs> I found a long, Weird. long time ago not to engage. I learned that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a losing battle. Uh, you just sure. don't engage and it could escalate. So uh, for me, it's, it's not worth it. I just I act like, well, I'm, I'm deaf, like in one ear. So I just act like I don't hear them. <laughs> Safety first, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you. This is such a great conversation. It's been very informative and I'm so glad that we got your side of things. Oh, I'm glad to do it. It's my whole purpose now, a new purpose, I guess. To educate. Educate. Educate and keep people safe. Before I started the YouTube channel, I wanted to kind of see what direction I was going to go with safety tips. So I went to some of the forums and just put out a call. Hey, people, are you seeing any issues? And why do you ride? And then I ask people, if you've had crashes, can you tell me about your crash and send me pictures if you've had injuries? And I got a flood of information. People saying, hey, I was doing like five miles an hour and my husband accidentally bumped the back of the bike. I fell over and shattered my arm. And then, you know, I saw the pictures of all the, the screws and pins and her arms up in the air with, you know, she's in the surgery bed still. It looked awful. And people showing me all their cuts and bruises, you know, and these are folks like me, when you get past, you know, 55 to 60 years old, you're not healing as fast. And it can be really detrimental to get injuries like that. You, you may not be able to ride again. You may end up with a serious injury um, or worse. I mean, I would hate to see that. So my whole objective is to educate. And mainly on my channel, I'll be talking about just the basics of riding and where mm -hmm. your balance should be and thinking ahead when you're going somewhere, things like that. Safety, safety tips that um, get people to think more rather than just getting on and thinking they're riding a bicycle and everything's all like it was when they were a kid. Yeah. And also though, people can get injured on regular bicycles. Exactly. If they do get bumped like that. It's very easy. I mean, you're not planted with your feet on the ground. There's wheels happening. Like you can easily get hurt on one of those. I would say just as easily as an e-bike. Yeah. My, um, my fall I had uh, two years ago, I, this sounds stupid, but I was on a, my Segway mini and I was walking the dog and the dog kind of pulled me off balance and I fell forward. Now I was only the height of a Segway mini, but I landed in a way that it broke my pelvis. So it's not like I was going fast. It was very slow. It was just, I fell in the right spot and ended up breaking 
two spots in my pelvis. So it doesn't take much to do that. And as you get older, your bones get less dense and uh, breaks and things like that are, are more common. Well, be careful and yes. live by those three E's. And uh, as always- well, I'm not going to be doing any enforcement. I'll no, well, you're not going to say, hey, you don't do that. Yeah, I'm um, done with that. Yeah, no need to do it. But I would say that um, with your channel, it's important to keep that education running. We obviously do that as well. Safety first, always, whether you're riding a regular bike or an e-bike, people just need to be smart and be cautious and mindful of other people on the trails. Exactly. And follow the traffic laws, please. Just even if you're on a bicycle, you know, people running red lights and cutting through traffic, it's dangerous. Mm -hmm, for sure. And don't ride the opposite way. Oh, the road. I cringe. <laughs> I just cringe when I see that. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today. This was an insightful interview. Very and welcome. I look forward to your channel. Thank you. We love sharing more about everything e-bikes. If you have a guest suggestion, email us at info at area13ebikes.com. And if you want to share how you're getting involved in your e-bike community or have an idea of what you want to learn more about next, let me know. Don't forget to check the show notes for helpful links to get a bike, join our community, sell your e-bike, and so much more. Thank you for joining us today, and we'll see you the first Tuesday of every month for another awesome episode of the Area 13 e-bikes podcast. Oh,